Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Yo, 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 embryo. What's up, citizens? How you guys doing? Are you guys ready? If you're ready, give me a whoop, whoop. All right. If you're like, Sam, I'm only like semi-ready. I need a little warming up. Give me like a yo. Okay. And if you're like, Sam, we should just like stop and try again next week. Give me a yeet. What? Yeet, ha? That's not how it works, but what's going on, citizens? Hey, how many, how many days left till the end of the school year? 52, that long? 27, 27 for real? Okay. Hey, any, any district track runners uh, today in districts? High schoolers, right? We had high school district track today. How'd you do? You didn't run, to, you run tomorrow? They saved the best for last, Hannah. Are you wearing a Phillies hat? Oh, Prairie, okay. About to, about to have problems up right here. Uh, man, you guys doing good? You guys are like a lively bunch right now, you know? Like sometimes I come up here and you can just tell it's like, oh, this is gonna be hard because you guys are just like, you know? But you guys kind of got that like, everybody sit up a little bit. Everybody sit up a little bit. Everybody sit up as tall as you can. Everybody sit up as tall as you can. Now sit up two inches taller. That means you weren't sitting up as tall as you can the first time. I, oh, man. Instructions are essential, huh? You're cracking up, sister. I hit your funny bone right there. Dude, actually, you have a literal funny bone right there. You feel that? Yeah, yeah that's your funny bone. It's not funny, though, is it? Hey, my name is Sam Cassis. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at NGC. If we have not met yet, see some new faces, let's connect. I'd love to introduce you to, uh, to some adults with a lanyard, get to know your name, and make sure that you're going to camp. So, how many of you are already signed up for summer camp? Hands up. Wow. Give it up for these people. That entire, <laughs> yes, this row has got it. You want to be in my cabin? No, it won't work. Okay. So, um, man, this is good. This is good. I want to take a little roll call. Courtney said it earlier that we are a community of students. We are a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. And so one of the, the realities of being in this type of youth community is that we're all in different parts of our journey. So I wanna do a little roll call here, okay? Um, if you are here and you, and, if you, and, and you have been in the family of God, you have grown up in the church, you have known about God and Jesus Christ your entire life, I want you to raise your hand. Wow, that's cool, man. What a testament, right? Very cool. All right, hands down, hands down. If you did not raise your hand, if let's say you in the last five years, let's say three to five years, you just heard the gospel for the first time, you just, maybe you've heard about it like in movies, but for the first time, you started to explore the faith in the last three to five years for yourself. Raise your hand. Wow, hey, what's up? Yeah, you just got baptized, Lily. That's awesome, cool. Okay, and is there anybody who's here and you're like, you know what? I've actually never gone all the way. I'm like super chill here. I'm just now getting into the faith. I'm just now even 
trying to like figure this thing out. Maybe I, I grew up in it for a little bit, but I fell off and I'm trying to make a comeback. Anybody like that in the last year? This is kind of new to you. You're still trying to, you're just here and you're exploring what Jesus Christ is all about. Anyone? All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So here's what we're gonna do today. Um, we're gonna talk about Christianity. All right, we're gonna continue in our series, Tale of Two Kingdoms, and we're gonna talk about Christianity. We're gonna talk about the gospel. We're gonna talk about what this is all about. And so question for you, question for you to get things started here. Um, and I just want like one word answers, no sermons, please. That's my job. Thank you very much. Um, but just one, one phrase, one word. What is Christianity all about? Jesus. Jesus. All right, keep, throw them out there. <laughs> just, just unity, throw it out there. It's about faith, man. What else? Jesus. About what? Jesus. It's about worship. Yeah, that's central. What else is it? What else? What's Christianity all about? Somebody over here said grace. That means you said grace, and I like it. Good job. What else? Your friend, about God, right? Is that not? You said God. I know you said God, dog. I got you. You spell God backwards, it spells dog. What? What else? What's Christianity all about? Unity, forgiveness. What? About glorifying God? Okay. Ooh, Michael, maybe I should give you the mic about the gospel. All right, let's pause there. Let's pause there. So imagine I had a whiteboard here. I should have had a whiteboard here. Imagine I have a whiteboard here with all these answers, right? What is Christianity about? Unity, God, grace, right? We have all these answers. But now I want us to flip it, or maybe I'll put another whiteboard over here. What do people not in our faith say Christianity is all about? Rules, what? Revision, religion, and revision. Something that's not right, but yeah, it's, it's whatever. Not necessarily truth. What else do people say about, what do your friends say about Christianity? It's about judgment, right? Only God can judge me. And you're like, watch the podcast from two weeks ago. What else? What do your friends say Christianity is all about? Huh? God, yeah, they would be right. Anything else? Have you ever tried to talk to a friend who's not religious about Christianity? How many of you have ever done that? And what do they say? It's a myth. Oh, I don't need no insurance, right? <laughs> My favorite when I was growing up was like, I'm just gonna wait until like I'm almost dead and then just go in. And I'm like, how do you know when you're almost dead? <laughs> you know, I'm like, ah, oh, that may not work, right? Uh, what else do your friends say? I don't, I don't believe in organized religion. I believe in science. What else? <laughs> How do you know your religion is right? Yeah, what else? Everyone's got their own truth, bruh, right? Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes, yeah, Sarah, throw it out there. Oh my gosh, I can't be into your religion because I'm all like perfect, <laughs> right? Only my hair is perfect, not me. Um, that was how I talked growing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, you throw out this question, what is Christianity all about? And you're gonna get a ton of different answers. And I believe one of the most common answers that you will hear about, oh, I know what that is. I know what Christianity is. Oh, I know what your message is. Christianity, it's all about the rules, right? And what do people say? Oh, you're a Christian. That means you can't, you can't get drunk. 
you can't have sex before marriage. Oh, you can't party. Oh, you're not allowed to do this. Oh, you have to do this. Oh, you have to. And what people do is they look at our faith and they think of it all as, oh, you have to follow a buttload of rules. You ever hear that? Right? When people say that, right? And, and again, we look at this whiteboard. When people describe Christianity, are you giggling over the word buttload? That's like a... That's like a They'd be more colorful. We have little ears here. Come on, give me grace. All right. On this whiteboard, we know what the gospel is all about. And so when someone says, it's all about the rules. That's all about rules. We know that that is a tragic dumbing down of the beauty of the gospel. So if you're new here, or maybe you're even new in the last few years, Christianity is not all about the rules. Because actually, as we just sang a few moments ago, our religion, our belief is that none of us are actually able to follow the rules. And that by nature, every single one of you, I don't care how much of a goody two-shoes you are, we're all rule breakers. But here's the message, that God came down in the person of Jesus Christ to save all of us rule breakers. And when we put our faith in Jesus, rather than in our own perfection, our own appearances. When we come to Jesus, he gives us a new heart and he gives us a new family and a new community and he gives us this new spirit and he gives us new desires and he gives us a new mission and he makes us new. And because we're new, we do now want to follow God's rules. And so it, it's not all about the rules, but we have to admit that people that perceive us as there are a lot of rules, they're partially right. We, as God's people, are very much into his rules. We are very much into God's laws, his instructions, his commandments, because through those commandments, God is teaching us his will for our lives. He's teaching you through his instructions how you're to live your life, how to do life in his kingdom, how to live your life the way that he created you to live. And so you could say it this way, we in God's family, it's not all about the rules, but we do love them. I love God's rules. We love God's instructions. His words are wisdom. His rules are precious. His commandments are our comfort. His instruction is life. And so, yes, we love God's rules. And so, what do you do when you love things? How many poets are in here? Anybody, any poets? What do you do when you love things? You take out the pen. You do that. I don't know why what that does, except give you ink poisoning, but they do it in the movies. And so you do this and you take pen to paper to talk about it. And so anybody into music here, anybody like, not just like the beats, not just like, right? Because I'm like into the beats, so I'm shallow. How many of you are into like lyrics? Yeah, right? Like you open up accounts online to like track lyrics, right? And so you're into lyrics. And so we love God's people love God's instruction so much that we have an entire songbook in the Bible where all of the lyrics are about God's word. It's called the Psalms, right? You're like, there's a whole hymn book in the Bible? Yes. And so I wanna share with you some of these lyrics. Can, can I share some lyrics with you? Yo, drop that beat. I'm just kidding, right? Cause it's like, what? Hey, it's his birthday, by the way. Everybody say happy birthday, Cody. Happy 
22 years old, Cody Weisenbaker. Um, so let me share, he's not 22, he's like 47. So let me share with you guys some, uh, let me share with you guys some lyrics here, okay? Um, maybe this is country since it's summertime. Here we go. My soul is, con- all one of you like country, man. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. And everybody snap. We'll do like spoken word lyrics, right? How much longing is there? He's consumed with it. Look at this lyric. Your testimonies, another word for your commandment, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. I delight in Oreos and Twinkies. This dude is delighting in God's word. Look what else we see. Lead me in the path of your... Ooh, I like that. Let's do the interactive thing. That's kind of tight, right? Lead me in the path of your... For I delight in it. This guy is hungry for God's word, for his instructions. Look at this one. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He loves the word. He loves God's instructions so much so that he has put them in his heart. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. You see, students, God's laws, God's commandments are good. Everybody say good. They're good. Christianity is all about the rules. That's not true, but we do love his rules. We delight in his instruction because through it, he teaches us life. And so let's look at God's instructions. How many are there? How many commandments does God give us? 10, that's right. So we all know top 10. But you know what? There was this group of people called the Pharisees, right? It's like, we won't even, we won't even reference them by name, right? <laughs> Those who shall not be named. Uh, there was this group of people in the Bible, right? And they were so exact. They wanted to get the commandments right so much so that they said, whoa, 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 there's way more than 10. And they went through the entire Old Testament and they started to count every single commandment. And you know how many commandments they ended up counting? 614 commandments. How many of you want one of those dudes as your Sunday school teacher, right? You're like, yo, brought a Leroy, he's teaching all the, the, all the fifth graders the 10 commandments. How many toes and fingers do you need for 614? It's like, take off your shoes right now, Maddie. She's wearing flip-flops, it's perfect! And so we're gonna, ca- no, like, What? 614 commandments. And they loved God's law and they definitely knew how to count. (laughs) They wanted to be as precise as possible. They counted 614. And so my question for you, if we really do love God's rules, where do we start? Number one, maybe, I don't know, the 614 where do you possibly start? No wonder. I bet you there were people in that day and age who looked at, the, at that group of people. Rhymes with Pharisees, right? They looked at that group of people and they said, oh man, they're all about the rules. And so here's what happens. Jesus Christ shows up on the scene, right? And he looks at these Pharisees and he looks at their list and he says, you know, what? I'm about to sum up for you all of those commandments. I'm gonna sum them up for you in two succinct parts. All of the commandments 
fall into one of two categories. Let's just cut them in half. Let's just say 307 of them, which is not true, I'm making this up. Half of them have to do, all of them can be summarized with loving God. Half of the commandments have to do with our relationship here. And everybody goes, oh. So, so you mean that I can take about 307 of them and simply summarize it like this? Love the Lord your God with everything you got. Check. And then there's the other half. And you could summarize all these other commandments with this. Love your neighbor. Let's test it. Even if you look at the Ten Commandments, there's actually six commandments that have to do with this and four commandments that have to do with this. All right? All of God's commandments can be boiled down. All of these massive things can just go into two succinct little points. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, with everything you got. And love your neighbor. Love your fellow man. Love the other human beings who are made in God's image. Love them like you would love yourself. And so as we continue our tale of two kingdoms, we're going to be focusing on this second one. Because Jesus shows up and the Pharisees, get this, get this, get this. The Pharisees are in the crowd and Jesus wants to tell them, hey, you're pretty good at counting, but I think you missed the point. Hey, you're pretty good at counting, but you forgot how to actually treat people. And what good is it if you can count all the commandments this way, but you're not even doing it? And so the question for you tonight, students, is how do you treat people? but I love God and I, that's great. I mean, that's, we, we talk about that a lot. But the other half of God's commandment, the entire law and the prophets talk about, are you loving your neighbor? And so tonight we're gonna ask the question, how do you treat other people? How do you love your neighbor? And so we have all of these rules and we're gonna go through about 307 of them to teach you how to love your neighbor, Okay. So you may want to borrow some neighbor's toes, their fingers. We may even count belly buttons in the mid-drift era, okay? Um, actually, you can't count mine. It is so far in there. It's just like, is that a belly button? I don't know. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's like a major any. Anybody have that? Is that too personal right now? Are we? <laughs> Dude, usually you go to a new youth group and it's like, what's your favorite color? And it's like, no, what kind of belly button do you have? <laughs> Welcome to Citizens. This is getting weird. Uh, <laughs> somebody's like, I never thought about my belly button. <laughs> Seven people go to the bathroom. All right, here we go. Here we go. We are not going to be counting belly buttons. We are going to follow Jesus' example, and we are going to shrink all of the commandments that have to do with loving your neighbor. We're going to shrink all of them, because Jesus does, into one commandment. You could say that we are going to shrink all the rules into one rule. You could say that there's one rule to rule them all. And all my Lord of the Rings fans just got their geek on, right? They're like, yeah! <laughs> Voldemort! Yeah! Oh, wait, that's Harry Potter. Here we go. One rule to rule them all. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, oh, yeah. Here we go. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. We're going to read it one more time. So whatever 
you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So again, 307 commandments. We're gonna sum it up like this. Let's sum it up, students. This is the golden rule. Let's sum it up. The golden rule. All of these commandments in the law and the prophets about how to treat others can be summarized by one simple rule. Do to others what you want them to do to you. This is the simplest way to describe this. Everybody do this. Are you looking at your belly buttons? Everybody do this, right? The simplest way to describe God's will for our relationship is this. And what do we call this? We call this the golden rule. Now, I bet you, somebody do this tomorrow, and I'll give you like four cookies, okay? I challenge you to go around your school. If you're homeschooled, go on the internet, and I want you to, I want you to interview people. I want you to interview people, and this is the simple interview. Do you agree with the golden rule? And then you put, quote, do to others what you would want them to do to you. Do you think a lot of people are gonna disagree? Like, honestly, do you think that a lot of people's answers are gonna be like, nah, fam, forget that. Treat people like they're scumbags, what? Like, honestly, right? Maybe there's like two people like that, and you go, moving on, okay? But like the majority of people, Like, how many people are going to disagree with this? Not many, right? But here's the key. I, I don't want you to listen to their answers. I want you to watch their lives. Because the reality is, while nobody will disagree with this, it's very countercultural, and few people actually do this. If you don't listen to their answers, if you watch their lives, you will find that the majority of people in our world are actually living according to a different rule. The majority of people are actually doing this rule, do to others before they do to you. I call this the self-preservation rule. This is the mentality that says, you know what? I'm gonna do whatever it takes to look out for number one. You know what? I know I was kind of a jerk. I know that was kind of messed up. I know that was kind of unethical. But at the end of the day, hey guys, let's put that phone away. Hey Christian, let's put that right in your pocket. It's good, dude. Don't worry about it, fam. We're all good. I love you. So listen what we're going to do. We're going to do whatever it takes. And I know it may be messed up, but I can justify it because I was looking out for me. Self-preservation rule. Some people go, man, that's not me. Well, maybe this is you. Some people, they say, do to others what they have done to you. And so we have a boatload of people out there who are living according to the revenge rule, right? And we have a li- and, and maybe this is you, where you're walking with this list of offenses, and man, you know how many people have hurt you, and you remember every single one of those moments, and you are walking around with this list of bitterness and offenses, just waiting to be able to do to them what they have done to you. Some people follow a different rule. Some people say, do to others so that you can get what you want from them, right? And I call this the object rule. Rather than treating my fellow human beings, rather than treating my brothers and sisters in humanity as fellow image bearers, I see them as objects to be used and to get whatever I want from them. And we no longer see them as humans. We actually dehumanize them and we objectify them. The, most e- the easiest example of how this is rampant in our world today is pornography, right? 
We, we fail, we cease to view other people as image bearers of God. And instead we go, you are an object that I will use for my pleasure. That's pornography. We are devaluing and objectifying people for our own pleasures. Due to them so that you can get what you want from them. Kind of similar, but a little bit differently. We say, do to others what you must until you get what you need from them. Right? And so there are certain people in our life, rather than treating them with the dignity and the love and the courtesy that we should afford to other human beings, we say, you know what? I will tolerate them because at the end of the day, I need them. And if I upset this relationship, that's gonna hurt me. But as soon as I'm done with them, I can move on and treat them however I want. This is called the usefulness rule. Have you guys ever seen these rules at play? Have you guys ever seen these rules, I don't know, like in high school? If not, I'll give you one that you for sure saw. I guarantee you saw it today. Do to others based on their perceived value and status. This is the status rule. So we're gonna look at people and rather than simply loving them, According to the golden rule, we do the status rule, which says, let me assess how valuable you are. Let me assess what your status is, and then I will treat you accordingly. Because if I size you up and your status is here, if I don't look down on you, then people may look down on me because they may confuse me with your class. And This happens everywhere we go. And so what God is saying here through Jesus Christ, he goes, none of those rules are appropriate for my kingdom. And so I wonder, students, if you were to be honest with yourself, if you were to just look in the mirror for a few moments this morning, which rule are you living by? I'm not talking about like every minute of every day, but you know what I'm saying. Which rule are you living by? Which rule are you tempted to live by? And you know what's funny? What's funny is that we are so inconsistent, right? Look at all these rules. We are so inconsistent. Have you ever gotten mad at somebody when they did that to you, when they did something to you? But when you do it, it's different. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever been that? Come on, right? Somebody does something to you and you get mad. Why weren't they obeying the golden rule? And then you do it and you go, nah, fam, it's different though. I was in high school and I remember this girl, I found out she was gossiping about me and we were like friends, but she was upset at me and she goes, I'm gonna get back at him. And she just starts, bah, 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 bah. she just starts talking about me, you know, and can you believe Sam, Sam, this, Sam, this? That's called gossip. And so what happens when I hear about gossip about me? <gasps> I get angry. How dare she thou not follow thine golden rule upon thine crowd, you know? And I'm just like, I get all self-righteous and noble. And so you know what I start doing? I start going and telling people about how much of a gossip she is, right? And I just start, but, I'm, but don't get me wrong, I'm not gossiping though, I'm asking for advice. <laughs> it's a big difference, you know? And so I start going around and just telling everybody what I should do and asking for advice on how to handle such a horrible human being, you know? See how inconsistent we are? I wanted her to follow the golden rule while I followed the revenge rule. You ever do that? And so Jesus is making it extremely clear here. He says, God's will for your life is to treat your fellow human beings according to the golden rule. <clears throat> according to the golden rule. Treat your fellow human beings, even in this room, with the same dignity and respect that you want to be treated with. We're all extremely valuable 
made in the image of God. We are his creation. And so it's very simple, right? You guys go from here, do the golden rule, and we'll be set. Cool? Seems simple enough? All right, get out of here. Like, I feel like I'm not, Jaden, you almost left for real? Oof, come and talk to me after, sister. You're in trouble. Put that phone away. Here we go. It seems simple enough, doesn't it? But how many of you know that though it's simple, it's not easy? It's simple, but Jesus is about to give us a metaphor that shows us how hard it really is to live out God's ways. And before I go on, hey, guys in that back row, speaking of dignity and respect on how you'd want to be treated, I'm finding it really hard to not be distracted here when all four of you are talking. Can we, can we do that, please? Thank you. I love you. Here we go. Verse 13, Jesus is about to give a metaphor that describes how difficult this really is. Take a look. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Let's read it one more time, okay? Enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. So let's summarize it. We're talking about the golden rule, but now let's walk it out. We're talking about the narrow way. Let's walk it out the narrow way. Living your life, right? You're in high school right now. Living your life is like, or your middle school, Lauren's laughing. You're like, "Ah, but you're just so mature, sister. I just, I forget. So living your life is like being presented with two gates, okay? So we have two gates here. We have the narrow gate and the wide gate. The narrow road and the wide road. And look what Jesus says about these things. Let's look at the wide gate first, okay? The wide gate, oh, that's the question. Which gate are you entering, right? And we'll come back to this, right? The wide gate is, anyone? It's wide. (laughs) I just have fun with you guys sometimes. The wide gate is wide, right? So imagine this is the way. And Well, I need it bigger. Imagine it's like, do I have the picture? The highway, right? The way is huge. And so the gate, I mean, you could hardly even call it a gate. It's like a welcome sign. It's like, come one, come all. This thing is huge. This is like, you could walk like a hundred people by each other down the path. This is not one of those like little, you know, round lake cliff trails where it's like, you got to walk single foot line. And like, you're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, boom, this is a honking highway. And everybody, this is a wide thing. And because it's wide, it's easy. We're talking one of those like, those paved roads, you know? It's like dotted lines. And it's like people like painted on the road showing you how to walk, but nobody walks like that. So it's kind of weird, you know? This thing is smooth. Maybe you got plantar fasciitis. Who cares? Come on down. It is cushiony. It is easy to walk on this road. It's so easy that many people walk there. You see, this is the path. Because it's so easy, this is the path that the crowds and the masses follow. This is the way of life that most people end up on. Because it's easy. It's like, you know, when we're at camp and we're like, and we're walking over to the beach 
And it's just like, you're just, you're not like looking of like, where am I going to step to the beach? You kind of just like, you get in the mob and you're kind of just doing this, you know? It's like the walking dead to the beach, you know? And you're just like this mass of people. You're not considering your steps. You're just going with the mob. That's the wide way. It's easy. It's wide. It is the path of least resistance. And guess what? I know it's easy and it sounds exciting, but it's not. Because you know where this path ends? Destruction. This path, though you are mindlessly following it, it will lead to destruction. I went to a Christian school, right, for college. I went to a Christian university, a Bible school. People were there to be pastors and missionaries and church leaders. And so I thought, going to that kind of school, that everybody would be on the same page as me, right? But even at a Christian school, seniors, pay attention, even at a Christian university, the masses have a way of moving to the wide road because it's easy. And but what we need to do is not just consider what road we're on. We need to consider where this road goes. And this road, my friends, leads to destruction. The destruction of what? The destruction of you. The destruction of your soul. This path, if you follow it to its end, will lead you to an eternity without God will lead you to an eternity apart from your creator. This is a way that ends ultimately in death. This is the way of the world. This is the way of the world. Come one, come all, it's wide, it's easy. You don't even have to try. But as we're looking at how life is lived in God's kingdom, we see that God's ways are completely different. God's way, it's not narrow. Look what it says here or it's not wide, excuse me, the gate is narrow. This is not one of those mob just like, uh, uh, coming down the highway. This is like one of those like little gates. I'm picturing like secret garden where you have to like walk through the blackberry bushes, backhand spring through the little crooked fence. And then you find this little gate, you know? And it's like, it's like, hey, let's go through the, no, actually single file line. I mean, it is hard. That gate is so narrow. And when you go through that gate, it doesn't get any easier because not only is the gate narrow, the way is hard. This way is difficult. It is hard. You will hurt yourself if you're not careful. I mean, it's just so difficult. This is like that round lake trail, you know? That if you're not carefully considering your steps, you're not gonna make it. And so because this way, because God's way of life is so difficult, a lot of people just go, ah, that one looks more fun. Ah, ooh, you know what? That one looks easier. They forget it leads to death. But ooh, ah, ooh, I'll just follow the masses. But this way here, guys, those who find it are few. You don't have home field advantage if you're trying to follow the narrow way. If you want to have the numbers on your side, follow the wide way. But if you're going to follow God's ways, let's just be right up front. You will not be popular. You will not have the numbers on your side. You will be one in a hundred. So is that worth it though? Is that worth it? It's totally worth it because while the wide way leads to destruction, look where this one leads, leads to life. 
This road, I know it's hard. And I know at times you can go, why is it even worth it to follow God's way? Why is it even worth it? Look at the end of the road. It leads to life. Look at the end of the road. There is something better than the temporary satisfaction that comes from your sin. When the glow of your short-lived little sin wears off and it leaves you feeling even worse than before, long after that, those who follow God will be experiencing joy and eternal happiness forever. And so I think about this often, right? Like if I were, um, anybody like naturally a salesman or a marketer, like anybody here that you're like, I could sell ice to an Eskimo, right? Because you're just that enthusiastic, right? Like Claire, you're like, hey, you're an Eskimo. I know that's probably not politically correct, but you know what will help that feel better? Ice. And they're like, yeah, all right? And you just sell them I, I mean, and so I'm like, Jesus, 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 if I'm your PR manager here, here's what I'm doing. How about we don't tell people that it's hard? You'll get more people. And he's like, no, because I'm God, right? And he's like, no, they need, you need to know. Because his goal is not to make this seem like it's easier than it. His goal is to be upfront and honest and to tell you how difficult it is, but then to follow that up with a trust me, it's worth it. So students, which gate are you entering? Which gate are you living which path are you currently following in your life? Is it the wide road that everybody else is on? And you're like, Sam, I really don't wanna hear it right now because I'm loving it. And I go, I get it. I loved it for a time too. But look to the end of the road. Where does that lead you? Because it leads to destruction. Or perhaps you're here and you're like, Sam, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm honestly trying, Sam. I want to live on the narrow road. You know what? I'm with you. We'll struggle together. We're gonna make it. Jesus promises to sustain you even when it seems hard. He says he will never let you go. He will keep you through faith. So be encouraged and join in community every single day because that's how we're gonna make it. And so which path are you walking? Which gate are you entering, students? And as you leave here tonight, you already know what my message is. Enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. You're in high school. You're in middle school. You are at one of the most critical junctures in your entire life. You have more milestones and transition periods and and growth points in the first 18 years of your life than you'll have on the rest of your life combined. Things change all the time for you. This is your moment. This is your season. How am I going to live my life? Which gate will I enter? And Jesus makes it clear. Enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. I want you to hear that in your sleep. You're laying down. Good night, mom. Enter by the narrow. Here, I'm gonna say it for the camera here and so you can just like loop the last like 30 seconds of the sermon. Enter by the narrow gate. 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 Right, your mom's gonna like bust into your room tonight be like, what cultish thing are you listening to? And you're like, enter by the narrow gate, right? (laughs) One of us. (laughs) But, but, But like enter by the narrow gate, you know? 
And here's what we do. Here's the kind of community that we're gonna be. Once you come to that conclusion, Becky Petty, once you realize Chloe Lehman, because I, Fernando, just because you're there, once you realize I want to enter by the narrow gate, then I have good news for you. God's word, his rules, his instructions, his commandments reveal to us his way. God's word reveals his way. But here's what I have to be careful not to do. I have to be careful to not talk to my friend Kelly here and say, hey, you wanna follow by the narrow, you wanna enter by the narrow gate? Awesome, here's God's word, it reveals his way, good luck. That would be cruel, you know why? Tal, you know why that'd be so cruel? Because none of you have the ability to follow God's word. None of you on your own have the ability to follow God's ways. So yes, thank you God for your word, which shows me your way, but there's another step. It's not enough to look at it. It's not enough to even memorize it. It's not enough to say, I see it. We need to cry out to God and say, God, help me walk on your way. We've said it several times tonight, students, but this is the gospel. That God came to broken sinners and not only did Jesus point to the way like he's doing here, not only did Jesus point to the narrow gate, but he actually set us free from our sin so that we could walk in the way. And so if you're here and you say, God, I wanna walk in the narrow gate. I want to live on the path that leads to life, but I don't think I have it in me. And you know what God says? I know. I know you don't. That's why I sent Jesus. And when you put your faith in Jesus, when you cry out to him, when you say, God, save me, he will adopt you into his family and he will lead you on the path that is life. Enter by the narrow gate and cry out to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your word. God, thank you for Jesus, who, who though he's more than this, he's not less than our teacher. And so, Lord, we love your rules. We love your instructions. We delight in your commandments. We love that you give us all of your testimonies to instruct us on how to live life. But, Lord, I speak for every human being in this room. Thank you for not simply showing us the way. Thank you for saving us and giving us a new heart and enabling us to follow you on the way. Lord, I pray for my friends here, Lord, my little brothers and sisters who right now, God, they say, man, I want to live on the narrow gate. I want to enter by it, but I know that I'm weak. Father, would you save them? Would you give them the mighty power of your Holy Spirit, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead? Would you bring to life their mortal bodies? Would you overcome their sinful flesh? And would you give them the strength, Lord, to walk in your ways? And Father, I pray for the students here who just are not interested in your way. God, I, Lord, you remember that season of life. You know, God, how I was there and how many of us in this room were there. Father, I pray that you would overcome their resistance. I pray that you would clear their minds and their vision to see the destruction that they are headed toward. Lord, this is not a doomsday fire and brimstone message. This is truth that every path leads to a destination. Would you lead them to consider the destination of their ways? And Lord, by the stark 
and honest reality of what they see. I pray that they would turn to you in faith and say, oh God, I don't want this way. Give me your ways. And Lord, we are a community of students who will continue to learn to walk in your ways, continue to learn how to obey your rules. And we pray that as we see progress in each other's lives, that we would give you all the glory because you are doing what only you can do, Father. We love you. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Let's stand and let's sing in response tonight.